In this edition of Locked On Capitals, Matt Wyrick joins the show, and we talk about the players that were cut and waived on Sunday, then picked up by other teams Monday. We'll then talk about the breakout season of Protus and Strom. Then we'll talk about the netminding tandem in Washington. And then to close out the show, we will talk about Alex Ovechkin's goal chase of Wayne Gretzky. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. <laughs> Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition, we are joined by Matt Wyrick as we talk about the Capitals in the season that's coming up next. All right, Matt, welcome to Locked On Capitals. Thanks for having me, Dan. Good to be here. So some a lot of activity going on around the Capitals, uh, as we know that they sent some players down on Sunday, um, and then Lucas Johansson got sent down amongst other players. But we find out today uh, that um, not all the players uh, actually made their way to their respective teams. Leeson and um, got sent out to another team along with Axel Janssen Fialbi. Tell me your thoughts about that. It wasn't too surprising to me uh, that uh, all those players didn't make their way down to Hershey. Yeah, you know, definitely a couple of victims there of the Caps roster squeeze with the strong camp that we saw from Alexi Protis, Connor McMichael having the standing in this organization that he did. They just really ran out of spots for those guys in Leeson and AJF, two guys that were up in the NHL for extended periods last season, got a bit of a taste. Uh, it's no surprise to see them uh, catching on with other teams, in which case AJF with the Jets uh, and Brett Leeson with the Ducks, both of them. Uh, picking up these players. Now, the Caps could end up getting them back, uh, as we saw with AJF last year, getting picked up by the Sabres, uh, only to be waived pretty much immediately and taken back uh, by the Capitals before the season even got going. So certainly it is possible for those two players to end up back in Washington, back in Hershey at some point this year. But for now, they are members of those two other organizations. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, though, you got to think with Axel Janssen, Fielby, you know, we tried this before and then he went out to the Sabres and we got him back. At the end of the day, I care, you know, more about the hockey player. If he can't find a spot on this Capitals team, I guess, you know, I would be all right if he ended up moving on uh, to another team here. So I guess the, the biggest thing and the saddest news, I guess, if you followed the Caps for a while, is Lucas Johansson. Uh, Johansson, along with Borgstrom, Axel Fielby and Brett Leeson, as we talked about, were placed on waivers on Sunday. Um, and, and, and the tough thing about it is that it says here, after years of evolving and overcoming adversity with the Hershey Bears and Capitals organization, um, he was uh, sent down to Hershey, the latest he's ever been sent. Um, you take a look at this Capitals team that uh, only has uh, John Carlson under contract and Faravari as a restricted free agent. My advice to Lucas Johansson is 
you know, you're going to have your spot sooner or later. You know, you could put um, Alexiev in that category as well. But uh, it's kind of an interesting move that they uh, decided to, to go with Irwin as the seventh defenseman and Gustafson there. So what were your thoughts about uh, Lucas Johansson getting sent down? Again, you know, following this team for quite a few years here, it's kind of uh, heartbreaking for him that he made it this far and then ultimately got sent down to Hershey. Yeah, it got to be a tough blow knowing you made it as close as the final cuts uh, to making this team. But ultimately, Matt or Irwin being that seventh defenseman, the veteran, uh, having the experience in that role and playing pretty well in that role, I might add, last season. It just kind of made it tough uh, for the Capitals to justify keeping Johansson. But like you said, there's a lot of turnover coming for this blue line group. A lot of guys entering contract seasons, pretty much all but John Carlson could be gone uh, as soon as next season. And, you know, between guys like Lucas Johansson, Vincent Iorio, Bobby Nardella. There is a chance we see some young prospects who made some waves here in Capitals camp uh, to be on this roster next year. So, uh, you know, how well they do in Hershey and how well they do in their stints with the Capitals this season, I'm sure we see Johansson at some point uh, definitely will play a big role in their plans for next year. Yeah, and I mean, a really great opportunity for Protus and Snively, two guys that, uh, you know, really came into camp hung hungry. If you take a look at Protus, for example, he did all the right things. So a great opportunity for some of the players. But, you know, if you take a look at this Capitals team, they're never really in the green banana business. They want players that are good right now. And uh, I think part of that uh, has to do with Laviolette and before him, Trots. They just have kind of a distrust to a certain extent with a lot of the younger players out there. But you know, you take a look at um, Alexi Protus on this team. And like I said, Joe Snively, both guys came into camp hungry. And uh, I'm glad that they were able to, to find a spot on this team. And you take a look at a guy like Protus out there. He played in every preseason game and he played all positions, forward positions out there. So, I mean, it doesn't guarantee them a spot on this team all year as we saw last year. But what's your outlook for Protus and Snively? Do you think they have what it takes to, to be on this Capitals team all season long? Or do you think that this is just going to be a quick uh, trial, if you will, on this team? Yeah, you know, I think the Capitals are going to give them looks at a couple of different things. You know, Protus, obviously, like you said, can play all three forward positions. Somebody who really had a strong camp, had a strong offseason, improved his skating, added 10 pounds. Like you said, saying all the right things, doing all the right things. He seems to be on Peter Laviolette's good list right now. And, and if he's not in that lineup opening night, which I do think is a possibility, Connor McMichael probably has a leg up on him just because of his stature as a former first-round pick. But uh, I would imagine we see Protus there uh, in contention for one of those spots. He's somebody we'll probably see earlier rather than later uh, on the ice for the Capitals. Snively, he's going to probably need an injury to get back in that lineup. I think that there's, you know, with the three players that you have to scratch on a nightly basis, Snively is likely to be one of them. He's a prospect, but also not really a guy who's the age of a prospect closer to 25, 26 than he is 22, 21. So uh, he's a guy that maybe that's a role that he can thrive in the role like Matt Irwin has uh, that he can have with this Capitals team and be a valuable player who can step in when called upon. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at this Capitals uh, team last year, they had LaPierre and they had flashes of greatness. I spoke with uh, J.J. Regan last spring and he said, you know, they did a good job on this Capitals team. They got some scoring but it wasn't sustainable and you need sustainability if you're going to make it on this team. And that's what I look at. I look at Protus and Snively. Do they have that sustainability to make it on this roster? For me, when I look at Protus, for me, I think that he is kind of filling the void of a Tom Wilson. You know, he's got that big frame and that big body and uh, he knows how to use it by smashing people into the boards if called upon. 
They've tried to do that with Anthony Mantha, you know, who is not intrinsically a tough guy. So I think to a certain extent, Protus found his value on this team being that big frame and, you know, just knocking everything out of the park. Do you see him kind of taking on a Tom Wilson role in Tom Wilson's absence? Well, you know, Tom Wilson's role, as we all know, is is wide ranging, playing with, you know, not just that physicality, but also the scoring element that he brings to this team. It remains to be seen if that's going to be a part of Protus's game or uh, if he's going to be able to really succeed as a scorer at the NHL level, that's something he's going to have to prove. But certainly he's taken the steps to get that opportunity. Uh, you know, we weren't really talking about him in that role heading into this offseason, all offseason. He's a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. So he's he's in prove it mode right now. He seems to be uh, really making a lot of waves with this capital coaching staff. We hear nothing but good things about him thus far. So he's going to get the opportunity. There's no doubt. Uh, but it really is up to him to, you know, now show I can play at the level that my frame allows. Because last year, as you said, you know, that physicality might not have been there. He really kind of looked a bit like a deer uh, in headlights a little bit, maybe just not used to, to that body. But he says he's done growing. And now that he's done growing, he's a little bit more used to uh, what that uh, what his body allows him to do, how quickly he can close in on pucks, things like that. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how he adapts, because I think he's figuring it out just like the rest of us. Yeah, because when you take a look at a lot of these younger guys, you look at LaPierre and McMichael, and all of them kind of came into this Capitals team really kind of scrawny and skinny, and then they let the nutritionists and trainers get a hold of them, and all of a sudden they come into camp quite a bit larger. If you want to take a look at LaPierre and McMichael, for example, and I think one of the things with them is they were constantly getting pushed off the puck because they were so small. But, you know, that's kind of the same way with Tom Wilson. When Tom Wilson was first on this team, he didn't have that bulking frame that he had. So it's interesting to see, you know, just those small uh, changes that can be made. Uh, we were talking about McMichael there and a bit of an interesting position for him. I think that he thought he was locked in on this team and had a spot. But now when you add Protus, you add Snively, it kind of adds a little bit of wrinkle to his plans of what his role, in fact, is on this team. Uh, give me your thoughts on McMichael and uh, where does he fit into all this? Yeah, you know, honestly, your guess is as good as mine as to where he ends up on opening night. The Capitals have tried him all throughout the lineup. We've seen him at center. We've seen him at the wing on the second line. We've seen him at the wing on the fourth line and everywhere in between. Uh, so the Capitals really haven't been able to maybe figure out what exactly McMichael is going to do for this team. I think that's something they're still going to try and figure out as we get into the season here. Uh, but I would expect him, you know, to get his fair shot, just like Frodis. You know, these are all three young guys. You throw in Snively there, too, who are pretty unproven at the NHL level. So this is a time now where they're really all fighting for one starting spot between the three of them. There isn't many other spots up for grabs. And, you know, maybe you throw in the injury to TJ Oshie and, you know, we'll see how he responds. He was back at practice over the weekend. So that was a good sign. Uh, but certainly this is a team that's dealt with its fair share of injuries before. So I have a feeling we're going to be seeing all three of these guys in a couple of different roles and uh, they're going to get the chance to prove who they really are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a tough thing when you see these younger guys, if they can, in fact, make it. You take a look at someone like Hendricks Lop here, too. You're really kind of pushing for him out of camp. When you looked at it, you're like, you know, I, I appreciate your positive attitude, but there's no real place for you on this team. Uh, but uh, just that optimism, I think, is a healthy attitude to have. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about the kind of standout uh, preseason for Dylan Strom. And we'll talk about the netminding situation. We'll talk about that next. 
If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, ready, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new flavor. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with a collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You are going to love the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories and fat and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this edition, we are joined by Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington as we talk about this Capitals team. And one of the standout players uh, by far is Dylan Strom. He signed a one-year deal, kind of discarded by the Chicago Blackhawks. I really don't know what they were thinking. A bit of a dumpster fire going uh, out there, but uh, their loss turns out to be the Washington Capitals gain. Um, so it's just taking a look at him he is winning uh face-off battles and um he seems to just be getting that goal scoring touch you're beginning to see a bit of chemistry uh between him and connor brown talk to me about dylan strome and what a pleasant surprise he is on this washington capitals team yeah you know you, you got to feel for strome really kind of getting cast aside by the blackhawks like you said really just kind of wondering what the heck's going on over there they're they're going full rebuild uh but they're discarding even the young players so uh, not too sure about the direction of that team. But as far as his camp goes, I think that Strom has had the most impressive camp of any single player uh, in D.C. This so far. You know, four points on the preseason, 13 shots on goal. He had two game, two goals against the Flyers in the opener. He had the game winner in overtime against the Blue Jackets over the weekend. Uh, top to bottom, just has had a great camp, really solidified that second-line center spot. It seemed like Lars Eller uh, had the upper hand in that competition to begin camp. Uh, but as things got going, Strom took over and he really hasn't relinquished that spot. So I fully expect to see him on that second line here uh, once the season begins on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, I think he's a great fit for this team. Really seems to uh, have adapted well in the clubhouse, in the locker room. Sorry, I'm a baseball guy. I say clubhouse. Uh, really has adapted well in that locker room. And, you know, he, he's a guy who also hasn't been on a winning team pretty much his entire career, uh, has never finished the year on a team that was higher than sixth place in this respective division. So this is his real first chance to be on a competitive hockey team. And I see him as being a potential breakout player for this team. 
Yeah, and just uh, some really great progress from him. You know, like I said, kind of an odd situation where Chicago uh, just cast him aside. But I think that he has some big shoes to fill, shall we say, filling in for Nick Backstrom, uh, who leads the team and assists. Um, as we know, Nick Backstrom is going to be missing the lion's share of this season, if not the entire season. So what kind of role, you know, if you take a look at Strom, how hard is that going to be for him to try to fill the shoes of someone like Nick Backstrom? It seems like a pretty tall order for him. Yeah, you know, obviously, anytime you replace a player with the franchise legend status as Nicholas Backstrom, it's going to come with some weight. Uh, obviously, Strom isn't trying to think about it too much, put that kind of pressure on his shoulders. You know, he hasn't been here around here watching Backstrom do what he does. He's just coming here and was given an opportunity. And so far, he's been running with that opportunity. And uh, yeah, it comes with some added pressure, but I don't think he's really thinking about it that way. I think this is more for him personally. Uh, an opportunity to run with the team. You know, he's kind of uh, in the doghouse with the coaching staff in, in, in Chicago last year, wasn't really given, especially towards the end of the year, those minutes uh, in overtime, in the power play, you know, the kind of position that the Capitals are, are willing to put him in now, uh, high volume roles, high pressure roles. He seems to be really looking for an opportunity to get those those roles with the Capitals. And so far, you know, he's done really well in them, both overtime and the power play. Yeah, so the other big off-season acquisition was Connor Brown. Um, and like I was talking about earlier, you're starting to see a bit of chemistry between Strom and Brown out there. So that is a positive sign. Um, so you take a look at Connor Brown, and I think one of the biggest uh, attributes that he has is on the penalty kill. Brown, who has played seven NHL seasons for the Leafs and Senators, scored 10 goals and 29 assists in 64 games played last season. He's posted a career-best 21 goals, which he did in the 2021 season. Taking a look at Connor Brown, he seems to, to know his way around the ice really well. And like I say, when you can find two players that have chemistry like Strom and Connor Brown have, talk to me a little bit about Brown and what a pleasant surprise he's been on this team as well. Yeah, you know, just like Strom, Brown wasn't really thrust into that top role that he is in now. He's on that first line with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin, which is obviously a very high-pressure role, uh, what we saw Tom Wilson on uh, in a lot last season. They tried Mantha there to begin camp, uh, but eventually Connor Brown, who, just like Strom, had a very strong camp as well, uh, you know, really played his way up to that. And it's really for this Capitals team to see these two additions that, uh, you know, a lot of guys have talked about how – with four first round exits, they needed some change, right? And, uh, you know, you said we'll talk about the goaltending a little bit later, but they bring in Strom, they bring in Connor Brown, two younger players, especially with this older core, uh, to kind of reinvigorate, give them a fresh look uh, in that top six. And so far, the two of them are looking to be a third of that top six, which is very impressive for two guys who, like you said, were kind of cast aside uh, by their organizations. It's really been pleasant camps for the two of them. And Peter LaViolette uh, has been very excited to see the two of them mesh. Yeah, and I like I, I like the fact that they do have that chip on their shoulder. I think that's kind of propelling to prove to their former teams and just to everyone that you know they are you know these great players that they knew uh, that they were going to be. But um, you know the the interesting thing is that we've already kind of penciled in Connor Brown on that top line right wing, and I think that's where he'll start uh, the season. But I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see certain players cycle through there like Oshie and Shiri. Um, tell me about that. Talk to me about that top line right wing. How do you see that shaking out? Do you see Connor Brown? Is that his position? Or do you think that that's going to be kind of players cycling through that position? I think it's pretty tentative right now. Certainly he's played well enough in camp to get a bit of a long leash there and, and try to stick at that spot. He's been working with Kuznetsov and, and Ovi, uh, talking about how they're a world-class duo to work with. And, and certainly he seems to want that job. 
whether or not he sticks there remains to be seen. I think we're, we're seeing the Capitals work through a lot of different things. Anytime you get a couple of fresh faces in there, you know, obviously you got to see how they fit. Uh, but how you have to see how other players around them respond. And, you know, maybe Kuznetsov and Ovechkin, while we see Connor Brown do well uh, in that top line, if the other two aren't playing as well off of him, you know, maybe they try to mix things up anyway. So it's all going to depend on how they play with each other. Certainly there's a, a lot of room to try new things with, with Wilson and Backstrom out, you know, two positions that over the past half decade plus we have seen pretty much held down lock and key by those two guys. Now those two positions are open and I don't think uh, there's any one solution for filling those spots. We're going to see it kind of by committee as, as Peter Laviolette put it uh, until they really figure out that formula. That's a, a winning success. Yeah. And I think, I think at this point it's his job to lose, but you know, Laviolette was careful to say, don't, you know, pencil these guys in or don't write it in stone that that's where they're going to be. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about the net minding situation. And then we'll talk about Alex Ovechkin as he chases down Wayne Gretzky, We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, I am joined by Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington as we're talking about this Capitals team that plays their first game Wednesday night against Boston. It should be a good game out there. So, in the, you know, the biggest inconsistency last year was netminding. I don't think that anyone can argue about that. So what did Brian McClellan do? He swung for the fences and connected by getting Darcy Camper, by far the biggest free agent netminder on the market. But he wasn't done there. He also went out and signed his backup in Charlie Lindgren. Darcy Kemper stopped 36 of 39 shots against Columbus. In three preseason games, Kemper posted a 2-0-0 record with a 1.97 goals against average and a .938 save percentage. So I think that Darcy is, you know, checking all the boxes as being this legitimate netminder that I think everyone knew he was. Um, I think a lot of people out there like like to say, you know, well, he did good, you know, but that was on the Colorado Avalanche. How is that going to translate to this Washington Capitals team? You cover this team. You're at all the, the camps and you're at all the practices, that kind of thing. Talk to us about Darcy Kemper. Is he as advertised? And what are your outlooks for Darcy this season? Yeah, you know, so far, so good for Darcy Kemper. He has looked like the veteran goalie that he is uh, come in here really to provide some steadiness for a position that's, you know, the Capitals have tried to find, you know, through the draft, through developing players, a, a long-term solution at that spot. But ultimately, with this veteran core that they have, they just couldn't afford to wait around longer for guys like Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov to figure out whether or not they can stick at the NHL. They both showed plenty of flashes uh, in that spot, but neither had the consistency enough to capitalize uh, on this team that has, you know, like I said, such a veteran core with Alex Ovechkin, you know, John Carlson's, the Genny Kuznetsov's, all of that. They want to win now, and Kemper is exactly that type of player. Now, this long-term deal, it does bring Kemper deep into his 30s, and we might not be talking about it as a great deal uh, when we get to the latter end of it. But for right now, and as far as winning this year, I think it was the best move the Capitals could have made to bring that stability in net. And between him and Charlie Lindgren, I think they have a really good tandem there. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they do between the pipes. Yeah, and another pleasant surprise was signing Charlie Lindgren, a player I wasn't too familiar with, I got to be honest with you. He played lights out with the Thunderbirds last season and his brief stint with the Blues, he played well. 
Um, but what is your outlook on him? What I've seen in the preseason games is that he seems to be as advertised as well. Um, so I think this Capitals organization going into this season is in a lot better uh, season. I know that's nothing too novel to say, but con- considering the inconsistency that they had in net. But talk to me about your thoughts on Charlie Lindgren. He seems like a really great fit as well. Yeah, you know, I think Lindgren still carries some risk with him. As you said, he's, he's kind of unproven, really small sample size last year, was effective. Uh, and, you know, the Capitals weren't the only team to inquire about him in free agency. So they weren't the only team to think he had some potential. Uh, and he comes here to Washington where he's going to be the, the clear cut number two. And I think that's, you know, a good spot for him to try to prove himself. You know, this isn't an NHL where we see, you know, guys play 60, 70 games uh, between the pipes. We see goalies only play really 50 to 55 max in a season. If, if Kemper stays healthy, that still leaves plenty of starts uh, for Lindgren to prove himself, to prove. Uh, that he can be a, a starting goalie perhaps in this league uh, and at the very least a, a very competitive number two. So the Capitals, you know, definitely bring some uncertainty there with the number two spot, a lot more uncertainty than you have in Kemper, uh, but definitely a guy with upside. And I think they're very excited for what he brings to the table. Yeah. And so let's take a little bit closer look at Darcy Kemper. You know, I, I got to be honest, when he first was on the team, I was drinking the Kemper Kool-Aid like everyone else. But if I could pick one thing, that concerns me a bit about him is according to NHL injury viz, the 31 year old has missed 83 games through injury uh, since his NHL debut in 12, 13 and 50 in the last two seasons alone, his lingering lower body issues likely impacted his play last season. So I think to a certain extent, it is a good thing that they went out and picked up someone like Charlie Lindgren, someone that, you know, might get called upon, you know, more than a a, a normal number two goalie would get called upon. How concerned are you about that? And, um, you know, I know the injury last season was he took a stick up high. So, you know, that was kind of a fluke accident. How concerned are you about his history on the injury list? Yeah, you know, anytime a player comes with that injury tag, you, you have to be wary of it. You know, Kemper, as you said, it was a bit of a a fluky injury there in the playoffs, and he's completely healthy right now, didn't have any issues uh, health-wise in camp. So all all is good heading into the regular season. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely something that you have to be aware of. Over the last five seasons, you know, players with at least 80 starts in net, Kemper has the lowest goals against average and the highest save percentage. But, you know, when you look at the total wins leaderboard, the, the total saves leaderboard, he's not even in the top 10 because of how much time he has missed. So when on the ice, he has been one of the most effective goalies in the National Hockey League. But sometimes he does miss extended time and the Capitals might have to lean on Lindgren more than they'd like uh, if that trend does continue into the season. So I can't end this show without talking about Alex Ovechkin as he chases down Gordie Howe and then Wayne Gretzky. Ovechkin now has 780. He's 21 away from number two, Gordie Howe, and 114 from number one, Wayne Gretzky. How exciting is it to see Alex Ovechkin on the ice? Like I've talked with different beat writers through the offseason. We are witnessing history. This isn't some archival footage. You know, we can tell our kids and our grandkids that we saw Alex Ovechkin breaking all these records. Uh, John Carlson and one of the first pressers at MedStar said, we knew he was breaking records, but Jesus, it's getting crazy now. How cool is it to see Alex Ovechkin at practice and at games, you know, kind of gearing up for this season? And you know he is going to probably surpass Gordie Howe by what, say, Christmas or New Year's. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it, it's really cool. I'm coming over. Uh, this is my first season on the hockey beat. Been covering baseball for NBC Sports Washington the last couple of years. And uh, I've been telling people to jump from a 107 loss team to a perennial playoff team like the Capitals with Alex Ovechkin 
uh, chasing Wayne Gretzky as the headlining story of the year. It, it, it's get, it's hard to beat that, it, no mm -hmm. doubt about it. And, uh, you know, I have had limited conversations with him so far. He is Alex Ovechkin. He does his own thing, as, as I've found, uh, being in the league for so long and being who he is. Uh, he, he has a system down and he sticks to it. So uh, I'm excited to, to get to see him and, and see him kind of, uh, go through what figures to be a, a very exciting chase, you know, coming off a 50 gold season, he's 37 years old. I'm not counting him out uh, in terms of catching Gretzky. He only needs 28, 29 goals this year to remain on pace uh, to break that record by the end of his deal, four years left on that. So uh, I, I'm absolutely not counting him out. And I think it's going to be an exciting year to see him uh, chase the great one. For sure. And I look forward to this year just for for little things like that. I want to be there when I see him get, uh, you know, passing Gordy Howe and eventually Wayne Gretzky. So Matt Weirich, thanks for joining us today. Um, I know that you covered the Nationals for quite some time. I used to watch you on the Locked On Nationals with Josh Neighbor. So that was always fun. So then when I heard that you switched over to the Capitals, uh, that was exciting for as well. I always enjoyed your coverage of the Nationals. So now to see the same coverage for the Capitals is really great. Why don't you tell everyone that's listening here where we can find your work yeah thanks so much for that dan I'm, I'm very excited to be here and looking forward to doing this again hopefully if you'll have me back absolutely. that is absolutely uh, <laughs> we uh, need yeah, insiders like you that's right that's right uh yeah you can check me out on twitter uh, at by matt wyrick or all of my written work over at nbcsportswashington.com all right matt thank you for joining us today Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world, Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.